forever. Dog. Warning. The following haunt cast contains Lego friends, partying with NSYNC members, the Phantom of the Opera's daughter, and a hot take on a controversial topic, the song What I Like About You. Jane Clare joins us to talk Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review and much more on today's Hauntcast, The Fright. Welcome to another installment of Hauntcast, The Fright. The show where we, as we get into the meat of the episode, step into the blasts of giant fog machines for 90 seconds in order to change into our official podcasting regalia. I am normally Jason Sheridan, but this month I'm Jack-o'-lantern Slimadin, uh, here as always with uh, the creature once known as Michael R. Carlson, but this month known as... Uh, this month I'm known as... I kill Gerson, but I want to change this because last week it sounded like I was admitting to killing girls. That is not what I am about. So I am changing my name to Pike, innocent of all allegations, son. <laughs> but what does this do for your reputation as a lady killer? Mm. <laughs> uh, for the month of October, we're going to forget that phrase even existed alongside my name as a descriptor. Um, it maybe we'll resume it after this whole thing blows over. You okay. can't erase yeah. that reputation. The, w- oh, the right. world I don't knows. want to, but for this month, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, joining us also, uh, yeah, I I amended mine, but in a more minor way. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be Scott Gravedigner. I'm gonna add an N in there to tie it into my real name, which I'm not gonna repeat because that you don't need to know it for October. Yeah, good point. Yeah, just uh, little adjust good. snips and tucks. Uh, it's it's ever it's ever flowing. We're always adjusting. As yeah, as my scandal grows, I think perhaps I will also have to amend. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be done here. But yeah, nip you know, it in the bud. These, I think you're fine. This October surprise really took me uh, by surprise. <laughs> you know, scandal that could bring the whole thing down. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. We we're talking about Beetlejuice's graveyard review today. And we have a special guest uh, coming all the way from the other room of the apartment that I am sitting in. Uh, she's a singer. She's a theme park professional. Uh, and she is my girlfriend. Uh, please welcome Jane Claire. Hi, sweetie. Hello. Can I be Jane Scare for now? Yay. Yay. Wow. Yeah, that's good. You, it's so Jane easy. Scare. That one sets yeah. right in there. Um, hi! Hey, thanks for thanks for doing this. I just want to paint a quick picture for the listener. Uh, Jane Jane is sitting on a couch, and Jason is sitting next to the oven because of audio concerns. We had to go through a whole thing just now to figure out what the best way to get audio that was clean was going to be. Want echo so and you, such. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, exactly because yeah because like. Lest we started to think that two people could have in-the-room chemistry on a podcast in 2020. Mm-mm. No, no, no. It needs to be as clunky as possible. Yes. So, yeah, we, we fumbled around a little bit, but now we've got it. And honestly, this is actually where Jason usually records the podcast when he's doing it remotely next to that oven. 
I assume because perhaps you put cookies in at the start of a record. Okay, here it goes. All right. Well, now, so, uh, yeah, I made a little spider hole. Uh, This is where I usually record. I pull two kitchen chairs. If I record at Jane's, sometimes I record at my house. uh, But when I'm at Jane's, uh, I pull two kitchen chairs into the kitchen. And the reason for this is because um, there is a wall unit air conditioner that I was concerned about picking up. And in the spring, when it was more uh, mild and chilly, we would, uh, we would just uh, turn it off because there is a ceiling fan. Uh, and then we I recorded the Griffin Newman episode here, and uh, that went for three hours, and it was like an oven in here <laughs> by the time it was done. Well, if so you need to I change said, your, I... your climate in general, you have to really think about it before a Griffin episode, because you know what, right. you, you know you're going to be there for half a day. Exactly. Uh, yes, that is true. And uh, Jane is very patient, but uh, <laughs> even she has her limits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just excited that I get to be a part of one and don't have to be quiet in the next room for a couple hours. It's so fun. <laughs> Your usual role. True. Yes, indeed. Uh, Do you ever hear Jason say stuff? Because like Lindsay, oftentimes when we would be recording at our uh, at our apartment, she would yell stuff if she was in the kitchen and she heard something and she disagreed with a thing or she agreed with it. She would yell. Do you ever find yourself like hearing something Jason saying and going like, I'd like to like scream that's wrong or that's right? definitely I think it and then after I'll be like did you say this and then I'll be like either like oh yeah or like oh crap or like ah it's Mm. fine or like what I don't know yeah I don't know I feel weird like interrupting it I don't want to be well maybe this has to open it up maybe now we have to allow the the interruption the the in the next room interruption uh now we've introduced you uh to the audience officially uh, I yes, I think from now on, if Jason says something that's really wrong, just feel free to yell okay. in the background. Oh. <laughs> I have permission now, so okay, sounds good. I have another issue I with mean, the way that that introduction happened, which is that Jason, when you're introducing your girlfriend on this podcast, what you're supposed to do is say "my love" in a way that makes everyone very uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the that's the standard very, introduction of a significant other. That very is. suspicious that you're hiding something or like <laughs> going overboard to make events. <laughs> uh, I try listener. to give your, her professional bona fides uh, to not try and like uh, make being my girlfriend the most important thing. Because it's surely surely not. I mean, it's the Aww. most important thing to me. Uh, but. <laughs> Well, thank you. That was very nice. <laughs> yeah, I think you hit the right balance. Uh, and if the listener doesn't know what Scott is talking about, he's talking about my introduction of Lindsay's first appearance on the podcast, <laughs> which some people considered a bit strange. Not Love to me. To I it. thought it was normal. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was like this, like you like shifted into a register I'd never heard. I just like, it's like you were playing in a new scale <laughs> that I was unfamiliar with. Well, that's my love voice, and I don't really show it to the audience it's a lot, you know? The voice is love. It means I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> I am very, oh, very, I very, I suppress everything. We all know that. <laughs> so love had to eke out somehow. <laughs> it eked out in a strange way that time. What can I say? Crawled out of your, your vocal cords. Uh, there's, um, something wrong, there's something wrong with me, okay? <laughs> Fine. We got to the bottom of it. <laughs> And, and then uh, the other day, I immediately put you in um, 
in the doghouse because we were on a Zoom. Oh, oh yeah. my well, God. We'll oh, are we going to gonna talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to that when Lindsay does the show. But okay. yeah, I think yeah. like two years ago, she had like light, like flagged Tower of Terror. And I forgot. I just forgot. There was another episode that I think we're going to do with her that was more forefront in my mind of like, oh, that's the next Lindsay episode. Um, but I just, I look, I forgot... And yes, I got called out in the middle of a Zoom birthday party. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> that, all of the, that all of us were on, uh, organized were by on. Jane, where everyone was wearing Spider-Man masks. Yes. And in the midst of the spider revelry, <laughs> yeah. some very awkward moments occurred. Yes. Um, yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to uh, uh, break me down in that future episode. <laughs> uh, and then also one of my, one of my old friends, so we've talked about this before, I think in the next couple of months... Maybe a Wisconsin Dells episode, so we can break me down even further. Oh, new angles uh, of attack. On that episode. Fantastic. Yeah. That, and that puts yeah. my mind at ease, because I just know my ass is going to get roasted today. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess we should just get in, in, into it then. Yeah, sure. let's stop well, talking about our, our nonsense. Yeah, no, sorry. yeah, but well, that's, you know, there was the question, yeah, you, you forgot to give Lindsay the topic that she flagged. But there, but this this uh, this topic obviously had to be flagged for Jane because Jane is a performer in Beetlejuice. Well, that's the thing. I want to say Beetlejuice's graveyard review. You were in a Beetlejuice <laughs> something or other because it's the name changed confusing. a bunch of times. What 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 were you in? So I was in Beetlejuice's graveyard mashup, which was the final version before the entire theater was uh, demolished for. Fast and Furious, supercharged. Oh boy! Oh, the the tragedy of tragedies. And so, the, so that that puts it in in Florida because you. Uh, well, this, this yes. show hasn't been in Hollywood for a while. But you you did work in yeah. Florida, and now you, and you've been out here, and you've worked at uh, Universal out here as well. Yeah. Um. So I actually did my last show at Beetlejuice like a week or two before I left for L.A. The show was closing about the same time that I was leaving, which ended up working out really nice. Um. And uh, yeah, so I did my last show, which I found on YouTube, and I'm so happy that somebody got my very last show, um, because as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I remember doing that thing and that thing. Oh my God, this is my last ever show. Somebody captured it. Like, I was really happy, like, to have that. Yeah. So oh, that's amazing. Wait, this was passed to us, and I watched it, and I, I, I did, yeah, I didn't realize it was the, literally the last one. That's pretty special. My last one. Your, oh, yeah. your last, not um, the last one ever. It wasn't the... Yeah, so I uh, that was my last show, and um, yeah, because I, I was watching it, and I noticed there's some times where like Beetlejuice will give me like a little kiss, or one of the dancers would like hold my hand, and I was like, oh my god, this was my last one. I like had to try to not cry that whole show. Jeez. Wow. Do you know wow. how many uh, shows you did in total, or about? Um, that's a good question. Probably. It's like oh, how many- I don't know. Yeah, we would do like. It depends on the schedule, but we would do maybe four shows a day. Um, and I was a sub, so I would be there maybe once or twice a week at most. Because uh, I kind of, in Florida, I kind of hopped around different venues. So I wasn't full time at that venue, but I would do um, like the Diagon Alley show. I would do one of the shows in Hogsmeade. Um, and then I would do Beetlejuice. So. I would be working at the park like four days a week, but between like three different venues. So I 
don't know, a couple dozen, maybe more than that, of Beetlejuice. It definitely mm-hmm. became in my body enough that when I was watching it back the other day, I started doing it. I was like, I don't know how I know this still. Like, this is weird. Like Possessed yeah. you. Ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm being taken over. <laughs> Uh, we should, I should say one of my favorite stories about your, uh, your theme park, uh, resume, uh, came up because, uh, so we were doing the downtown Disney ordeal and, uh, on the episode, uh, about the Lego store in downtown Disney, <laughs> Mike revealed to us about the Lego friends, uh, the back story about, you know, the friends, you know, the Lego friends, they're just a bunch of fun loving gals and we had fun. We were talking about the backstory. We showed the picture. And uh, after we recorded that episode, uh, Jane, you and I were like hanging out. And we were, I was talking about the recording. I was like, by the way, do you know about the Lego friends? And I <laughs> held up a picture. And you were like, yeah, I know the Lego friends. That's me, idiot. Like, that's, I was like, what? And I look and the picture that Mike had found uh, like, <laughs> from the official website of Legoland, Jane was in. Wow. This is true. Can confirm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. wait, I found a photo. and uh, Yeah, remind me what I found. It was just a picture of people playing the Lego friends in Legoland. Was that what it was? I, yeah. think, it, I think it was the promo shot of us on um, what was called Mia's Riding Adventure, <laughs> which was one of the rides in Heartlick City, which is what the town was called. So the franchise had already existed. The toys came out as kind of a kind of like this is our Barbie type thing but it's our own IP for Lego I guess maybe um to kind of appeal to like young girls in the cliche you know world that Lego likes to live in I guess um but yeah we were on the ride on the horses because we did a whole day I was one of the media girls which was like a big deal because I never got to be one of the media girls so I got to be the media girl so I was in all the pictures and promo and opening day and stuff um so yeah whenever those PR pictures come around I'm always like oh there it is (laughs) wow so so yeah media girl was like that meant that you would be out front I assume they would put like the best performers of some kind like is that kind of what the thinking was when like they would choose people um there's a lot of things that go into it but i would say i mean that sounds like i'm tooting my own horn and i definitely don't mean that but i had to work hard to become a media girl uh no it it was kind of like whoever they thought like yeah who was the most prepared at that point because some stuff gets Mm. kind of thrown in last minute or who they know is reliable and when things get a little chaotic because some people fall apart more quickly and like for example, uh, the show we did that's actually online, like that all the like attractions magazine and everything covered, my track for my song skipped and they had to go back. And I, there's like this look of panic on my face because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And we, it, it, it was fine, but I was like, you never know what's going to happen on like the show day because everything's kind of thrown together. So it's a couple things. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really fun. It was really fun too open a show and um actually play a character that's like a real character that's already around because um a lot of the other stuff I do it's like or I did is like versions of so like for the Hogwarts school choir I wasn't like a specific Hogwarts character I was like a prefect who's a Gryffindor so like this was Lego was the only time I got to play like an actual character which felt really cool because like 
there was also a fountain outside and I got to be a voice in the fountain. So for years, I think they changed it now, but for a couple of years, there was like, you could step on something and you'd hear my voice. And that was really cool. Whoa. Part of an what attraction, part of a thing in a physical place. That's, that's the dream. What did you say? <laughs> Do you remember any lines from this oh, uh, character? It w- yes. It was just one and I have a video of it and it was just, you're the star. That's it. <laughs> that's it pretty good pretty fun wow um and you it was this what uh it wasn't like the fountain there's that fountain at universal or they used to have it where you would be there a performer was somewhere else and they would be talking it was different no. that or was that no it was different from that so okay. um the theme of heart like city was like girl power friendship but also like music and like being a rock star pop star kind of vibe so um it was a literal heart-shaped pool that was there because it used to be cypress gardens and cypress gardens had a heart-shaped pool already that's a whole nother thing um but you would step on different like shapes and each lego friend would say different things as you stepped on it and what would trigger did I miss what who which one were you of the lego friends oh um I opened as Olivia, I think, and then I also cross trained into Emma and Stephanie briefly. <laughs> but I, oh. Olivia was my main character. Yeah, of course, of course, uh, we, we all we all know them we? very well. Ah. Olivia's the book. Yeah, is, is sort of a is, is Olivia a bookworm? Is or or just Olivia so has glasses? Olivia, I, honestly, I okay. Emma liked karate, so mm-hmm. she had like karate. It's so ridiculous, y'all. Um, Okay, so Andrea was the lead, and she was, like, the pop star singer. So the whole concept, mm-hmm. I feel like we're talking about Lego Friends now, but... Uh, no, we <laughs> love, I love this. Sorry. Okay, so the whole concept of the show that I did was called Lego Friends to the Rescue. So Andrea was like, I have this big show in Heart Lake City, but I'm nervous because it's not going well, and I need my friends to help me get through it. So we came to the rescue and then, like, did the show with her, and it was, like, Power of Friendship, which was literally one of the songs. Um, so... Yeah, one girl was like, really, like Stephanie was like, I'm the tech girl and I'll handle your sound and lighting. And like, one girl's like, I'm good with decorations. And one girl, Mia, Mia's like into animals. It really had nothing to do with it. It was just like, put a paw print on her costume and wear, she'll wear pants and not skirts like everybody else because she's a tomboy. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this is off on our animal. <laughs> he is throwing blood at the audience. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, what a time. Well, I'm, I'm on a uh, uh, as I, I got obsessed with. I was talking a lot of Disney.fandom.com last week, and now I'm on Brick Brickamedia.org <laughs> for Olivia. Wait, I'm sorry. This is Brickopedia, but the web address is Brickamedia. So if you want Brickopedia, <laughs> go to Brickamedia.org, and and when uh, you yes. look up Olivia. Um, th- somebody has taken the time to list every outfit Olivia has ever worn. This is one of the densest things I've ever seen. Amber vest, light pink skirt, and white shoes. Magenta <laughs> top, light blue skirt, and white shoes. Um, I'm scared to see... Very normal, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal stuff to spend your time doing for no pay. Um, I swear, I think I've like seen people like... I've seen the Wikipedias for people who are like running for president that are like way less thorough than the Olivia page this just <laughs> this goes and goes and um uh i'm i'm disturbed i'm gonna try to, oh it has there's a lot of like a wait is it like her address 
They have addresses? What are you talking about? They have their address? <laughs> Wait, no, maybe this is like codes. the character I don't even know this. I, like, th- they I are doxing. Olivia has been doxed by Bricka Media. <laughs> Olivia and Emma have been doxed. Is Bricka Media like a, like an Alex Jones or like a Matt Drudge type website, Scott? Are you sure you're not on like an alt-right uh, Lego website? It's like a, it's a QAnon world that believes that, every, that Heart Lake City is a real place and that these little oh, creatures no. are like throwing the power back balance um i don't i think the numbers i'm seeing are the codes of the like of the uh lego sets so 41033 jungle falls rescue is the name of the set not an address (laughs) of a place olivia olivia is part of the george soros gang (laughs) oh no (laughs) we gotta get some people over to jungle falls rescue part of the illuminati olivia is part of the illuminati (laughs) Well, this is almost too perfect of a transition because Jane, when you were Legoland, used to be this botanical garden, like Cypress Gardens. Cypress Gardens, yes, yeah. yeah. And you told me once about like the one, the building they would use for like, you know, uh, private parties and like rehearsal space. Sometimes was kind of like a, like you would describe it as like a big old house, right? Yeah, like a certain style of like. Like a big old ha- with like big columns and fr- mm-hmm. what is what is that a plantation a plantation house it was a plantation oh. house <laughs> mm-hmm. okay uh, yes unfortunately this was the deep south and you know uh, the history came along with it uh, <laughs> and they tried their best to make it kid friendly and uh, you know you, you mm. adapt and do what you can but yes we did rehearse in like this giant mansion plantation house where. It was like weirdly empty with like a grand staircase, but upstairs there was like one suite that was themed to Lego friends that you could win to stay in, but the rest of the house was like so creepy and empty. It was so weird. And like, yeah, it was a weird. This is a haunted mansion, essentially, uh, partially themed to Lego friends instead of ghosts. (laughs) Precisely. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And the other place you told me you rehearsed at was oh a, uh... yeah <laughs> oh so the yeah Legoland uh, did what they could and um, the other place we rehearsed was the 4D theater but like after hours and we would be in the front where there was like all that space between the audience and the screens but not all the special effects turned off at night so we'd be like running the show and then like like puffs of air would come out and scare us so bad because like they were timed and I don't know why they didn't shut off so we'd be like running the show and be like okay guys like the, 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 and just like all this like the stuff would come out and like it scared me i was because as a kid i was scared of everything in theme parks and i always was like you can't go past that line because someone will come out and get you so like i was a little bit scared sure you're in it after hours yeah and gas is shooting at you oh my god yeah (laughs) fog that evil fog that teens love Uh, when you were a kid, you said you were scared of everything. Were you like scared, obviously, and intrigued because you ended up being a performer in these shows, or was yeah. it truly fear? Yeah. So I mean, so I grew up in Orlando for a lot of my childhood. We moved around a lot, but then I went back as an adult. So I guess about half of my life was spent in Orlando. So we went to Disney World pretty much every weekend when I was five till I was ten. We had like passes, and we lived. Wow. Yeah. So. I 
definitely really liked the entertainment and if there was like an empty little spot or a stage I remember because I'm also the youngest and like just love attention which Jason knows nothing about and I would um <laughs> like hop on the little stages but I was like cute I was like five and I'd hop on the little like stages that they'd have and like start singing and people would like clap and shit so I think like I was destined to do what I did um but no I was scared more of like like attractions I think because my imagination is so wild which is why things still scare me as an adult because I would like start to think like this could happen and like well this will happen this will happen so my imagination would go before my like reality would sure um so were you more did you did you like the shows at theme parks more than the rides or was it was it both I would say probably yes um all of my family did though too so like my favorite show was the Hunchback of Notre Dame um, that they had at MGM when it was back mm-hmm. when it was MGM. I remember that show like so vividly. I thought it was so amazing. And I do think that's part of the reason I wanted to like be a performer, maybe specifically theme park. Um, I really liked that. And um, yeah, I mean, I liked the rides fine too, but I was always more interested in like what was going on entertainment wise, I think. Sure. Oh, which we kind of um, like neglect shows a lot. I feel I, this is this is a different perspective. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I yeah yeah. Well, I don't know. We yeah we we've we've missed a lot. We haven't talked about that Hunchback thing. And here it's one of your big influences. Oh, it's so good. It's on YouTube and it's so good. Oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, there's we we briefly mentioned. I mean, we've done a couple of little shows here and there. Um, like like stuff like a, as a kid, I always liked that Little Mermaid show. They still do it. At MG or Hollywood Studios. Well, R.I.P. to most theme park shows, as uh, uh, well, we all know. Yes, this is uh, our <laughs> heart goes news. out to all, all uh, these people that are laid off from these shows that uh, are like major that. productions. Well, yeah, some and, uh, are closed permanently as of like twelve hours ago. Can I say this, Jace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's on the blog. Yeah. Okay. The wire. Uh, yeah. So my friends that worked at Disneyland, they just were told that Frozen is officially like closed and Magical Map is officially closed. So Ugh. they didn't get to have their final show. Like for me with um, Frog Choir out here, I mean, I guess I'll say it because I don't think I'm doing it again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that I had my last day. Like in retrospect, I know, but like I didn't know like the last show that I did before COVID, which was like march 12th maybe i had no idea that was my last ever show doing that show so i mean it's kind of nice because then you don't have like the sadness attached to it while you're doing it but now it's a little bit like i didn't really get a formal last show and it's a little sad but like yeah it's yeah. kind of wild right now That's super sad yeah well those i mean yeah I mean, it's there's tons of people that it's very sad it's very yeah, yeah. It's uh like these show like frozen especially is like just major major production like it's oh, yeah. it's like like they put so much time obviously and they've done the show now for a couple of years and it's like it's just yeah, gone. I mean, it's so much I mean in with Magical Map too, there's so many costumes oh, and yeah. there's so many like they're all such grand scale and it's sad because I feel like too over the years as with Beetlejuice, you know, that got taken out not during COVID, but just to replace with a ride that, of a franchise they thought would be a better, you know, attraction for that area and i think over the last few years like live performance has taken a bit of a hit and then now with covid and everything it's just demolished so i'm you know i i hope that in the coming years when things start to pick back up it will recover but it's definitely a really weird time right now for a lot of people in theme parks not just entertainment but yeah yeah fast and furious supercharged is the covid of theme park attractions (laughs) hell yeah brother (laughs) 
that. <laughs> um, now that's, that's a guess. I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I only know the tram one, but I, if I had to guess. And J- Jason has not uh, said kind things. Right. Uh, no, no, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm keeping all of my little thoughts for because I when we went to Florida for like to do the live show, uh, I was the only one who went on. That was like the last thing before I got on the, the <laughs> like lift to the airport. I picked up my bag and I was like, God, I can't believe my last ride was Fast and Furious Supercharged the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> but the vision, hey. like, now you can get on the plane and imagine, like, what if Vin Diesel was hanging off the bottom of this sucker? Oh, man. What if Dom, wish, what if Dom was w- sitting next to you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish Delta played Turn Down for What as I got onto, <laughs> got onto the flight <laughs> yeah, that in 2019. Um, so let's, let's talk about this show, which here, so just the primer for anybody who doesn't know it, let me say, like, cause I didn't know the version that you did, Jane, but I grew up with it in Universal Hollywood. So my synopsis would have been, it was a show that is hosted by Beetlejuice of the film Beetlejuice and where Universal classic monsters get involved in a big old rock and roll review. Um, and, and what that's about it. Yeah. That pretty much said, like, oh, they're all like variations of that. But as time went on, there was some like adding of original IP of which you uh, were, were part. Um, but this, this began like around, was it an opening day at Universal Florida or they added in 92? I think or? it was. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I'm pretty no, sure it, was it wasn't. Was it no, one or two told- years? You told me what was the opening day was there was a short lived uh, an American oh, Tale five yeah. show. Oh. Duh, that was first at the at the stage in Florida. Okay. The, so the venue was there, I think, at opening, but it wasn't that show. Yeah, you're right. There was Fievel Goes West. Or is that right? Yeah, no, that's the would have been. There was a Fievel Goes West thing, I think. I I think it was the first Fievel, and then Fievel Goes West is what the play area is more. Oh, more okay, okay, to. okay. So so that was a pretty quickly like it seemed like a pretty quickly thrown together like five all stage show. Mm. And it kind of doesn't make sense because it was just an amphitheater by in between New York streets and San Francisco streets. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. oh, I don't yeah. quite, under- I mean, oh, I guess the the mice land in New I guess that makes sense. Um, kind of. Kind, kind uh, of. Kind of. Mini Ellis <laughs> Island area. Um, but what what could make more sense for Universal Studios than deploying the classic monsters and the the show that i recall uh the, from 90s universal hollywood what you know it's the classic lineup it's frankenstein it's dracula it's bride of frankenstein uh and then the the phantom of the opera which was kind of the the biggest swing in the original one cuz he has sort of like a kind of a new wave vibe with his uh with oh, his yeah. not jet black his jet white hair how do you, what do you how do you describe white <laughs> hair not jet jet wouldn't be part of it um but uh, yeah, but i i just love his I look guess. a lot that he has he's the most like kooky where he's he, like he looks like he's out of the jetsons movie or something I, I saw the phantom from i watched a video from 1992 and i think it was the one in florida and he looks very much like jordan klepper to me oh he's got the big <laughs> he hair. has like a He's got the big hair and he's got, got the like, got hair, pink out, like a pink outfit. So pink the, outfit the Phantom too. would probably know a ton about politics if you got him going. Exactly. He could explain exactly. to us everything that's going on in this crazy country. 92 Phantom. <laughs> yes, 92 Phantom would be an expert right. in 2020 politics. Yes. Exactly. 
Um, I uh, I'm trying to remember my feelings about this. Uh, um, I I I remember liking the show, and it it's the it's the degree of scary and rock music that is pushing <laughs> the. Uh, what okay, I'm saying no, is, I... when you're seven uh, or eight, it it yeah. does feel scary because they are monsters, and it does feel like rock music because. You're unwilling to push the boundaries of hard rock music when you're eight. Um, so I, I viewed this as a, an extremely adult attraction when I was eight. <laughs> Can I back you up with that? Because as an adult learning the show, when we put on our costumes for the first time for like tech runs at night, uh, I was scared of all the Frankenstein. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, all right. <laughs> because, because they have these shoes that are like like just so big and oh my god i was scared like i was a little scared of them because they were so tall yeah very tall very intimidating i get it scott hey all right as as a kid i will say like when beetlejuice when he comes into the audience he does a lot of crowd work especially early on in the show that always would freak me out even if it was just like we were seeing some sort of like dinner theater show and like the host would come out in the audience i would get scared of the host even if he had no monster it is so unnerving yeah, I like, just uh, I, I like, don't, don't mention me. Don't talk to me. I think that's where my anxiety started as um, a person was <laughs> audience participation in theme park when I was a child because I remember that happening a couple times because I was so little. Like they'd come over and I just would be like, I hate this. Like get away from me. And to this day, I don't like interactive theater. I'd rather either be in the audience or on the stage. Like in between makes me like sweat buckets. Like that's a good point. Yeah, it's neither uh, here it, nor there. I need it's to just like. like ah. I, yeah, I need to know going in. It's like you have you're part of this, and you're per, like you're performing essentially. Or I just I usually like nine times out of ten, I just want to sit there and observe. Yeah, hard agree. Also, the logic of this is a little confusing because Beetlejuice comes out, does a, 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 a like eight minutes of crowd work, and then goes backstage. He's like, "You gotta say my name. You gotta say my name so I can come out." And it's like, "Wait a minute, you're just out here like yucking it up." Now you need to be summoned? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Suspend it... your disbelief, you know? <sighs> or is it yeah. to like turn on his his rocking abilities? Like you're just getting like warm up <laughs> Beetlejuice and then but he he can't rock till you say his name thrice. Okay. Yeah, it's probably I... about it has a lot to do with rocking, probably. It's probably in the book. It's probably in the book from the movie. There's probably a chapter on the rules of rock <laughs> for the recently deceased. <laughs> What a rockin' um, show! The um the I I I uh, watched the, this is in I think the defunct land about the the show, but it's also in the I I love anytime we can discuss the uh, the John Forsyth hosted Universal souvenir video that is on YouTube and is a delight. Uh, John Forsyth of Charlie's Angels fame, who has this just all, does this, all this very like stiff narration of each Universal attraction, and his quotes about this one are tremendous. He calls it a rock and roll review of Monster Mashers. <laughs> They're dead. We're grateful. <laughs> he says so uh-huh. wistfully. He says like more lovingly <laughs> than I've said. Like it's, it's like sweeter than anything I've said to this baby yet. It's so like just <laughs> they're dead and grateful. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. We salute you. <laughs> I know I'm making a joke about a band name, but also, Beetlejuice, I salute you, sir. 
That's like also like it sounds like he's on a, in a like on a porch in a rocking chair, like just like kind of staring off into the distance with a, like a little twinkle in his eye, just having like, memories just... about things he's seen. It's like yeah, he's dying, <laughs> and the thing he remembers the most about being on this earth was watching Frank watching Frankenstein rock. Yeah, <laughs> really <laughs> lovely. Frank is look. He looks old as hell in these souvenir <laughs> videos, which I remember. I would have to get like a gift shop. My, I I would always want them, but they're like, no, this is forty dollars. We're strangely overpriced. Yeah, and little do they know, yeah. it would just be strewn on YouTube for anybody to watch and make fun of. And it is funny that like I think I have the same thing. Just like I'm not even willing to ask my mom. This isn't worth the favor. And then like what yeah. you and I were coveting so much, Jason, was a video where an old man. Thanks, monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, if you go to a travel agency at, at the time and ask for information, they would either hand you that or just tell you to write away to this address and Disney will send you a, the a, almost identical video every year. Mm-hmm. But not with Charlie. Without, not with relevant well, to us with, as children. The voice yeah, of you Charlie. Wanted, <laughs> yeah. You wanted that specific old man. He's a really I mean, dynamic wanted, old man. You wanted an old man who looked like the portrait of Dorian Gray, who is not represented in this show. <laughs> the painting that ages while the man mm-hmm. stays the same. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I, I'm sure we could jump all around and talk about various monsters who appeared in the thing. And as it started, it was kind of these initial, like, it's it's the classics. But Jane, that is not what you played in the show. You were a, a, a later addition, an original IP to this world. Yes. Can you tell us what you were? Yes, I have some props here, which I know the audience can't see. Oh, great. But I was able to, like, sneak off with some stuff. So I have my mask. Oh, a mask. Wow. There's a clue. Is my mask? <laughs> Whoa, um, it's poor girl. Studded so and sparkled. Just stuck on the inside too, from the the Florida sweat, heat, <laughs> makeup melt. Right. Um. Yeah. No. Uh. I love having this. Um. And then I. I also have the collar that I had to wear. Oh, wow. a little neck brooch thing. Uh, Neat. I hated this thing because you were like belting, and they were like putting this thing around your neck, so you were like. Ugh. But um, no, it's good. It's fun. Uh, I got to keep. Well, it's the smallest thing I could walk away with because, like, the top. Can I talk about my costume since we're kind of on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wait, 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 and say the name of the character. I didn't say what I was. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. So my uh, character's name was Fantasia, the Phantom of the Opera's daughter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was cool. Um. Yeah, she was cool. It was fun because she's kind of more like a like she wore pants, but the rest of the girls like wore skirts. So she, I felt like she was more of this like tomboy rocker chick vibe, and that was like way fun because that's more my vibe anyway. So like, it was just cool. And she has like her own DJ booth, and like it was so wild. I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I don't, I don't know what we're gonna talk about. But. She, well, she's <laughs> like the in it becoming a little less rock oriented. I think you lose the 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 
uh, non-played live instruments on stage. You use you, you lose the fake guitar, and it becomes more of a dance-oriented show. And you really, Fantasia is the leader of this, doing the mashups from the title. Like you have to, Fantasia has to pull hits from the '80s and uh, combine them with the hits of today. Mm-hmm. You know that's true. Yeah, she. There's there's a line where I I say to Cleo, who comes out, who's the other character in the show that was a new IP, and it was I got you, girl. I'll spin this. So yeah, she was up there spinning away those mashup tunes. Delightful. And you get an you get a, a narration. You get introduced. You get like a cue. And a a giant contraption rotates you onto stage, which that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> like for the first version of the show, it rotated, and the Phantoms like Worgen was there, and then for a while it was just a chair, and the characters, <laughs> the characters hip and hop would be leading on it. Uh, two two perplexing characters. Oh yeah, uh, this was in the, you, everything we're describing is version four, but version three started the drift to hip hop. With the characters Hip and Hop, who seemed to be, <laughs> they were front and center in Beetlejuice's performance of Hey Ya. <laughs> uh, Jane, I'll set you up for this. Will you talk about your uh, <laughs> connection to another version of this show yes. and Hip and Hop? <laughs> so I always kick myself for making the choice I made on this one rainy Orlando day. So they had... Um, Auditions come through a lot for Universal Japan and whatnot, and they have them, you know, everywhere. But Orlando, they would always come through Orlando for stuff like that. And I went to the open call for um, Universal Japan for Beetlejuice, and they kept me uh, at the time for Hip and Hop. And I was like, this is really cool. And I wasn't doing the show yet, I don't think, in Orlando. I think this was before. And I kept making through rounds. I kept making through rounds. I kept making through rounds. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the only girl that they're keeping right now for hip and hop. Like, this is crazy cool. But before the final dance callback, I had another callback at Orlando Repertory Theater, which was one of the like professional theaters in Orlando for Fiona and Shrek the Musical. And I was like, if I don't go to this, they're going to be really pissed that I didn't show up because like, that's rude. So I was like, do I leave this one where I'm like killing it? I was like, Okay, here's what I'll do. I'll talk to them about it. So then I was like, hey, man, like, I have another audition. Can we work this out? They were like, come back tomorrow for the dancer call, and you can do that callback. I ended up just kicking, just really shooting myself in the foot because I was so caught up with the Beetlejuice audition that at the Shrek one, I just flopped so hard and was like, just, I was not mentally there. And then I went back to the dance um, call, call back the next day, and it was for like dancer dancers and I was there for like singer mover. So I looked like shit and like couldn't keep up because it was for like hardcore dancers. So I, sh- I, I didn't get either job. And I just was oh. like, man, I was so close to being hip and hop. Like, but, you know, my life worked out very well and I'm happy. <laughs> but like at the same time, I'm like, man, what if I had booked hip and hop, man, those cool costumes and wigs. In hindsight, would you have rather been hip and hop or Fiona? Oh, hip and hop for sure. Okay. Yeah, because I ended up seeing... Well, I can't say... I don't, I don't want to say anything. <laughs> okay, all right. Sure. Sure, sure. But there was a, some secrets. There was a possibility yeah. of a Japan but being like, there, I. what is your job? Of, yeah. I am hip and I live in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Dar- Darling, we could have met so many years earlier when you were hip or hop and I was Austin Powers. <laughs> in, well, that was Singapore. 
Oh, it was Singapore. Well, I get you know I would have I would have been over there and like I've got a long weekend off coming up and Japan still has Jaws. Mm. So what is the quickest way to get Singapore to Japan? Does my discounts work? Do they? they... Mm-hmm. I think that would have for sure happened. Uh, had Definitely you for sure taken my advice and applied to be Austin Powers in Singapore. I know. Still, I was uh, still hopefully still possible one day. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll see. If we started having uh, to record this. It like the virus is over. We're doing this. We're still doing it via Zoom because Jason lives in Singapore now. He's doing it late at night. We're doing it first thing in the morning. He's still wearing still, his crushed velvet suit when still, he gets home. Hey, didn't have time to change. Uh, let's just get right into. I'm ready to go. He puts the Swedish Thank made you. penis enlarger pump on the counter as he gets home. Like smashes it down. It's like all right, let's record. Long day. And we're talking about some other, we're talking about King Arthur's carousel. And he's like, you know, I, th- I just think this is one of the most shagadelic attractions. Like, it's, <laughs> he doesn't even know what he's saying anymore. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> hey, it's possible. Um, the, some facts that I wrote down about Fantasia fr- from her introduction, uh, Beetlejuice says that uh, she's a real daddy's girl and she's a phantom who needs no opera. Um, that's all fun. And I, now that's all good, but I, I can't believe that. Let me just admit this, that I genuinely laughed out loud at Cleo's introduction during which Beetlejuice said, Sphinx better have my money. <laughs> I actually laughed at that. <laughs> I forget if that was imp- improv or not because the Beetle, the Beetlejuy, the Beetlejuy had improv room. Oral, um, yeah. They had room for that. I feel like that was actually in the script, though, because it was timed with the way the pyro and the music would hit. But yeah, that's pretty dicey for them to put. Well, it's not a bad word, but it's if you if you fill it in mentally. um, Wow, thanks for having my money. Uh, um, Yeah, it's he's a little blue in the in that video. Uh, Like he got like he got bluer. I feel like as years went on, because in the '92 version, he's pretty. He's a lot less aggressive. He's more like kind of like I'm this guy. And then by 2006, he's like, yeah, I just took a huge shit. Like that's (laughs) that's like he's there's a joke there too. He's like, oh, don't uh, I forget what he says. Like I just corn. He's talking about corn and his shit. Creature, uh, the creature of the black lagoon. I just made in the toilet. (laughs) I had to to drop my creature off at the black lagoon. If you know, there you go. That's oh, a better yeah. joke. One, and then he's like talking about manscaping. Yeah, he talks about manscaping. So, like, he get, he's like, I think he's talking to the wolf man at that point. Wow. So was he a podcaster about- from three years ago? <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> those were ubiquitous. Uh, um, the uh, you you bring up the off color nature of the show there are versions of this that i think were technically pg-13 because it is a little more adult and this is the official description from uh touring plans from lynn testa's touring plans uh in response to concerns from parents beetlejuice's <laughs> body banter has been toned down since the show's original incarnation uh but he still does some off-color improv for the audience oh officially designated why- b for body Wow, it's like I like Len. Len was probably just as offended as I would be by going to some sort of body show, and he wanted to make sure that the people knew that Beetlejuice was going to be talking about taking a shit. Oh, yeah. I personally got told something that was too body about my show, if I could share that. I don't know if this is allowed. 
I think Jason knows where I'm going with this. I um, don't. <laughs> Okay. No, okay. So Mind the cost Oh, okay. So I was going to talk about the costume. I guess I'll get back to that. So oh, yeah. the costume for Fantasia was um like a bustier that was hella padded and then like I mean, that's what I want to talk about first. I guess like the, the, the like the bustier <laughs> was hella padded. So like the first day of rehearsal, they we had fittings and I remember them going, "Mm, she needs a bigger size and more padding." And I was like, and felt bad about myself but it's okay um so basically um we also learned how to like contour our how don't i want to be appropriate to the good boys here so i don't know what however you'd like to describe wait no we're getting crazy we just had the debut of the word panties on the show we're, oh, we could do whatever yeah. now. Let's get it yeah. cracking. Um, so my uh, my boobies were, were that like good, yeah. looking crazy, yeah, and um, I guess a couple audience members were like, "Um, that her boobs are a little like we're uncomfortable." And the stage manager was like, "Hey, um, we uh, could you maybe not contour them so much? Because from audience, it's it's playing like really not appropriate." And I was like, "Okay." but like also the padding was like four inches thick and like also i was wearing like a victoria's secret push-up bra like it was meant to be like that like so it was just kind of like uh, yeah it was so a like, very parents like yeah. somebody parents like went and found a worker <laughs> like apparently like they or, put effort or somebody they put, did they put effort into that yeah and i wasn't the only girl who had that problem the full-time girl was well endowed and the costume made it look more crazy and so like i remember i felt so bad for her because people were online were like oh look at that boob lady and it's like come on guys like <laughs> that's that's i felt so bad because like what is she supposed to do about it like, and this is the same uh you know uh property that brought us bill intense like oh okay right. bill yeah. and Ty- ted's hate crime adventure every <laughs> halloween <laughs> yeah Um, i mean that's that's i mean i am sure being in these shows especially being a woman like you run into like every from every angle you try being a hogwarts student (laughs) wearing a skirt and having creepy old dads take pictures with you and people like touching you and meet and greets where you're like get off of me sir like like yeah. it, it has to like I can only imagine like you're hearing like this is too extreme this isn't good enough you're not good enough it's good and then like people weirdos in the park like you're just like there's like 10 battles you're probably fighting at once often I'm assuming that's um, my assumption yeah definitely and also just like in the entertainment community there's typically more women than men competing so like also, at the same time, they're very quick to be like, you're replaceable. You know what I mean? Like, I guess everybody is in theme park, but like, you definitely do feel like if there's a younger girl or a girl who just did a show that like got a lot of notoriety, she could take my job. Like, so yeah, it was, it was, I mean, that's a, a very small part of this. I don't want sure. you guys to think I didn't enjoy my experience, but yeah, it definitely is a part no. of it. But it's, yeah, I mean, I, it's it a, sounds like too, what we've heard, like, People have, sorry, a lot of different like jobs as well. So like, it feels like your stability ends up happening. Like you're like, well, I'm doing three shows at once just cause that's sort of the nature of this and people get shuffled in and out and it feels oh, yeah. not permanent from what oh, we've for sure. understood. 
Yeah, theme park work. I mean, a lot of entertainment work is not permanent. I think that can be, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. However, with um, theme park jobs, every year we would have to almost like re-audition kind of thing. They were called um, like our contract auditions, I think. And each like February, you would have to go in, do like a song and a monologue, depending on what your role was, um, just to kind of like keep in touch and freshen up and stuff. And then at that time, they'd also go like, "Mm, we want to cross train you here. Let's have you read for this. Or like, we think maybe and, you know, whatever. And after that, the talks would be who's going to have the four day contract, who's going to have the three day contract, who are going to be the top three under that and who's going to go in the pool. So every year you could change and like also someone could get a contract on it. So this actually relates back to my Beetlejuice um, audition. Uh, I was the second cast to learn the new show. So I wasn't the opening cast of the version that I did, but I was in rehearsals as they were opening. So they had this replacement audition because the girl who originally got cast as Fantasia for um, the next round of uh, people learning it, she booked a cruise, I think, cruise ship job. So they had a last minute like, oh, shit, we need to fill this. So I randomly got pulled in because I was internal and I had just auditioned from my contract audition. And um, so it was like me and a handful of other girls that already worked in the park that I knew. And um, they had us just like head to head doing like choreo and like singing and harmonies and who looks right with this person and who sounds right with this person. And um I booked it that way. So if that girl hadn't um, gotten the cruise contract, I may not have never uh, learned it. And also the funny thing was um, every time I would audition for that show, I guess it was twice, I was called for Cleo. I was never called for fan. So when they, they gave me Fantasia, I was like, cool. But like, I only ever sang for Cleo, like I think cause I'm short. So um, it was pretty wild when they, I, but it's because the girl, the, like a vacancy kind of opened up for Fantasia. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. It seems, it seems like there's just, so, yeah, uh, yeah, like there's just like 50 different things that they throw, like any, you get jobs thrown at you at last second. I mean, this happens in the entertainment industry, but it seems like there's so many more considerations for specifically theme park entertainment work. Like there's just so many variables, so many options. Yes. You got to be <laughs> prepared uh... for anything. There's nepotism. <laughs> um, sure. There's, um, ha- you know, uh, seniority. Uh, for example, the the um, Beetlejuice in the uh, link that I think Jason sent you that I was in, um, he had been a Beetlejuice for decades. So some of them they kept around for each version, but some wow. were not. Some people would get cut between versions and they were really hurt because it's like, you know, that's it can feel really personal, but it's like maybe it's just like they changed the song that Dracula sings and now it's not your register it doesn't sound right in your voice or we're changing the look of bride and you know unfortunately like you don't fit it anymore you never know like you literally never know so it was always kind of scary and that's why I kind of put my you know like I want to be at this stage this stage this stage this stage because you never know which one's going to go under or you never know how Mm -hmm. long you'll fit that type or like you know it's crazy it's it's interesting too like um you had told weren't you at one point like uh, yeah, I worked at Universal these days, and then I'd be at SeaWorld these days. Or was it SeaWorld and Lego? Like, when you lived in Orlando, you did, yeah. like, the full rounds. 
Yes. Yeah, so um, even I would do two venues in a day at the same park. I remember one day I did a couple of shows with Frog Choir and then hopped over to Beetlejuice because they needed coverage. So that was always like fun to kind of just like hop around. Um, but yeah, I did um, some seasonal work with SeaWorld. Um, please don't cancel me. Um, it was <laughs> uh, uh, it was third party entertainment. So I didn't actually work for SeaWorld. I worked for a third party um, company, but yeah. they they did like um, Christmas and Halloween time stuff for kids and families. So um, that was a really fun, easy job. I got to be like a pretty princess and like just stand there basically and get paid for a lot of it. Or like for Christmas, I was a Polar Express elf, which sounds like funny and lame, but honestly it was so magical. It was so magical. Um, and then I did Legoland. Um, I never worked at Disney. I auditioned at Disney a lot and I got fit for some stuff and it was close to getting some stuff. Oh, and um, Nick Hotel. I auditioned for Nick Hotel, booked a show and then the show fell under and then the hotel went under. So I almost worked at what was the role it was gonna be like a pop style show and the audition song was it's always a good time Whoa. wow yeah that's right i know y'all love that it's one Owl City. right uh, yeah baby yeah uh, <laughs> so it was gonna be like a disney channel rock style show but for nick hotel and then i booked it and then they said jk it's not happening we don't have money and then it was like Mm, wow uh, now but you but it all worked out because you did while well, you didn't get to do good time you did get to uh both whip and nene oh i, I have it in my notes too scott <laughs> uh, i out. i i asked you because you you said like i knew the show got as the different versions go on they add more and more like topical stuff like the one around 99 2000 they had live in la vida loca in that one and if you went to orlando in 1999-2000, you could not escape Ricky Martin's Live in La Vida Loca. It was playing in mm -hmm. all the parks. It was playing everywhere. And when you said, when we said we were going to do this, I was like, well, what was the topical thing in your show? Did you guys do the Harlem Shake? And you went, uh, no, we did the whip and the nay nay. And I was we like, also oh, did the Harlem well, Shake. It changed every few months. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we did... We did Harlem Shake, I think. We did um, All About That Bass, which was like, okay. We did Whip and Nene. We did, oh, there was one more. I almost want to say Gondam Style, but I don't remember oh, if that was it. The Holy Grail. But they would change, like, <laughs> right? Some days I'd go in, and if I happened to be there on the day where they're changing it, it was always kind of exciting. Because they'd be like, hey, guys, we're going to update the the possession <laughs> song. Like When he takes over, and we'd always be like, what is it? <laughs> And they'd be like, we're doing Whip and Nay and we'd be like, yeah! And then we'd go out and rehearse it because it would be like a new timed thing. So there was one day I got to be there for a change and I felt like really cool. <laughs> wow, that's I fun. was really lame. <laughs> I will be the first cast life. to Whip and Nene. It's so dumb, but that's how they make you feel. Like It's so competitive there because it's like, that's the gig is like you work in D-Bark. So when you get little things like that, even though it means nothing, you feel like, well, did you do that yet? Oh, well, I was there the first. It's so catty. It's so dumb. A huge pop from the crowd when Frankenstein starts to whip in Nay Nay. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's pretty funny. Well, was it, uh, it was the video. It was your video, right? Where, where it's a psych. They, they say psych because they're playing yeah. for the start of Thriller. And then they yeah. go, yeah. psych. And then whip and Nay Nay starts. Um, yeah. And it's a great misdirect. 
And then, <laughs> oh, could yeah. you imagine them having the rights to that song with all the pyro money they put into that show, plus rights to that song? They would go bankrupt. I'm, I'm confused. We should really look into this. Like, what the, the what the theme park music rights situation is, because mm. we've seen like Charlie Brown at Knott's Scary Farm do a parody of Thriller called Spooky Night. But is that, do they have to pay or is it a parody so they don't have to pay? Parody's covered. No, parody's covered. Is that why okay. they're allowed to do it? Because they make it the, the very the cutting parody spooky night? Because it's a spooky, 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 spooky night. night. Also, like, is anyone actually tracking Knott's, like, approval of things? It's a pretty like, big park. I mean, you'd think they would, like, I've have a lawyer. Been. Oh, yeah, you got, we got to go. Uh, well, the world's 20, shut down. 2023, we'll go. Great. Um, do you, do you think um, Carlos Santana or Rob Thomas was in the audience and then Frankenstein starts playing smooth? It's just like, what the fuck? I didn't clear this. What the hell? Uh, yes, I think that's very likely. <laughs> yeah, you just started that famous solo up. Uh, so yeah, I'm I am confused. I guess they probably have to get the rights, but is it because that thriller piece is so like short because they're playing the intro? They didn't have to pay for it. And there might be like one thing off in there, like it might have a slightly different like instrument added. So technically, you could say it's not the same. I I don't know. I I actually don't know. Yeah, because those uh those Star Wars um the hyperspace hooplas would have tons of new pop songs. And I feel the, like, like oh sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say I like in that like that's a very visible show. Yeah, I feel like because Disney has its own um like. I mean, Universal has its own like record label too, but Disney music, I think, encompasses a lot of different things because of how big it is as a corporation. So I wonder if some of the stuff got in that way for Maybe. Disney. Um, I'm not sure. I have friends that did the hoopla, though. I just want to oh, say. Oh, wow, really? Did you mm-hmm. ever think about trying to do the hoopla? I think I was too young <laughs> okay. when that was going on. Uh, I am but a child. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was born in the 90s, oh, though. I will say that. Great. That, reflects, <laughs> that reflects You were getting out. You were getting out easy. You were getting out easy so far. I have gotten out pretty easy. Yeah, so. we still got some time. <laughs> I mean, we still got time. I guess we didn't really talk about how we met. I don't know. How much do you want to share? At middle school. You met at her middle school. How much? Well, okay. I was walking by a candy shop and there was this man. No. (laughs) Um, Well, we we met on a dating app, um, but we had mutual friends. And... um, we were wa- we were walking the same way to our first date, or, like crossing a street at the same way, and like I kind of thought it was him, but it was like awkward, and I was just like, "Uh, Jason," and he like turned and he was like, "Hi," and I just was like, "Hi," <laughs> but it, it you know obviously it went well. Sounds like a meet right? cute it was to like me. The best first date. It was cute. <laughs> it yeah. was, mm-hmm. and you had kind of alluded to working in the theme park sphere, and I had kind of alluded to uh doing something Be- related being obsessed to with the theme park sphere yeah <laughs> so uh spending too much time thinking about the theme park sphere did you bring yeah. did you bring up on the first date like Jim Hill and Lentesta or season pass well, did you mention any of that we just brought up childhood traumas <laughs> Which okay. is, yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> that's a little more relatable. I would say, yeah, save Jim and Len for date two. 
Yeah, exactly. Seal the right. deal. Um, yeah. Is uh, would you say? Because you were obviously like you were living the theme park life, but Jason was. You know, Jason. Look, the three of us are outsiders. We we didn't. I mean, Scott obviously worked at Universal, but we're not like. Yeah. We weren't like completely immersed in this for years. Like, not did anymore. You find Jason's... I'm trying to get back in. I'm working every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Scott, you need to be more well, flexible. You needed to be more flexible. You needed to be able to sub into a Beetlejuice show or a Spider-Man Rocks. That's true. I never offer. I never like made it. Uh, put it on the table that I could host Fear Factor Live. Right, oh, yeah, or the a- animal actors show, or something like. Yeah, they, yeah. Like you get a call to mo- this morning, like this morning, Scott. We need you at the animal actors show. All right, I'll be there. And then, like uh, everyone, say hello to Henry. And then a falcon <laughs> flies at my face, and I go. Ah! One time, I got to go meet all those animals, by the way, Whoa. and like go backstage and see them all, and it was like the best day of my life because they have some that they don't use in the show, and they were so cute. Jeez. I mean, that you know, sounds animals? very fun to see the animals. It was um, do you think the host of like uh, the animal actors ever, maybe he was uh, playing Beetlejuice maybe like the day before in the morning oh, and he came out and he was like, I yeah. just took a shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, <laughs> the animals here are all trained and they've been in the movies and uh, this is a hawk that can catch uh, uh, this can catch a piece of food in its talons. That's so funny. Well, I will say like for like frog choir you have to have like the accent sorry to uh, ruin everybody's illusion that i'm not actually english but um and i if i was doing that enough sometimes it would like slip in a little because you just get used to like for meet and greets you have to stay in character and you would talk a lot it's okay sweetie (laughs) jk rowling ruined everyone's illusion that she's not a fucking scumbag yeah that's right (laughs) <laughs> At least my job with that ended before that shit show hey, happened. That's so, true. Hey, that's yeah. You're not being photographed in the wardrobe of this uh, tainted <laughs> franchise. So, that's good news. <laughs> Thank Just God. The, the biggest money maker for Universal ever. Oh my God, <laughs> it sucks. Now, like its creator won't shut up. Yeah. It's like if, it's if Disney had like a entire like land themed to the Cosby Show. <laughs> <laughs> Huxtablemania. No, Cosby yeah. rays. Oh God! If if people do five minutes of the psychos who create comic books, if they do five minutes of research, Disney oh yeah, yeah, trouble. don't don't put that in anyone's About head. Those like maniacs and oh yeah. Um. So, oh, what was I? Uh, Where were I'm losing we? my train of thought? Been all around. Yeah, I'm completely lost. You were around. asking about if somebody went from one show to the other. We were talking about oh yeah yeah actors. Hypers- we were talking about hoopla. 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 Uh, oh oh, that's where I was going with it. I was going to say like Jason's level of fandom, which is is probably <laughs> similar to our level of fandom. Like when you heard like the information where he would say like, oh, I looked at this blog and the blog tells me about a new churro flavor. Was that your type of fandom as well, or were you more like just like hey, this is just my job, buddy? Um, so I have to say, I also grew up being a theme park nerd. So when we moved away from Florida, when I was 10, every year I would order the vacation DVD and watch it like religiously. So mm-hmm. I was a little freak too. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, just, another, just another nasty little freak like the rest of us. Just Thank another you. freak. Just hey. another freak. This fandom's um, surprisingly easy to break into. <laughs> Um, uh, but but also at the time like it did also feel like oh it's just my job like when I got when I first my first show I learned at Universal was Frog Choir as the like conductor in Florida 
and I remember like when I booked it everyone was like oh my god are you so happy you read all the books and I still to this day haven't read all the books like I was like no <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a job like I was I was excited it was really fucking cool but like I, I it wasn't really my thing it's sure a cool job so so you weren't like put I, I guess yeah you were just like oh yeah I'm I'm I also have an affection for these old VHF free VHS tapes and like let's yeah, watch it clicked pretty fast about stuff like that yeah. Which was nice because I had never. So I remember one of our like first times hanging out too. I was like, do you want to watch like this theme park video of like history of this thing? And I was like, I've never watched these with anyone but myself. And I think Jason was like, yeah, I don't think I have either. And I was like, this is nice. Like it was cute. <laughs> like, like, oh, we're both kind of nerds. And like my friends were, I told my friends about that. They're like, you guys are fucking nerds. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's great. Words together. Uh, uh, Lindsay, I think, and I think she would say that, like, uh, she was kind of like a lobster in a pot of water with the theme park <laughs> stuff. Because when we started <laughs> dating, when we started dating, I we both really loved Disneyland and would go a lot. And then I really started turning up the heat on like <laughs> blogs and WDW magic forums and uh, podcasts. And hey, listen to this thing that uh, that uh, that they said in the Diz. Like uh, that would be so, so. All of a sudden, years in, she was like, "Okay, I." I don't need every rumor that you've read on the message board. <laughs> Dial it to 60% or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely have taken turns. Like, if we were hanging out, like, one of us would be like, oh, did you see this thing? And then the other, I feel like we were 50-50. Like, no, not now. No theme park right now, please. Uh <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. If I if I was having like any kind of issue or drama with like the more work side of my work, I would be like, I just can't think about theme parks. Can we do anything else? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go. Let's go back to Beetlejuice. Yeah, because uh, I have sorry, a question. Like, taking us so off track. No, no, no. This is okay. what happens. But I. But no, we please. can't let this pass without me asking a a question about from the uh, video that uh your your last performance uh and maybe you don't have the answer. Beetlejuice uh, makes, you know, there's there's topical jokes throughout. He does uh, one of our favorite thing, like the Aladdin genie. But there's one that's baffling to me, which is at some point he looks at someone in the audience and he says, Hey, Lamar Odom, time to get up. I caught that too. Anyone yeah. <sighs> I mean, I... I think I know what that joke is. What is it? I think so as well. Well, he was in uh, like I a don't. drug-induced coma after spending time at a brothel. Am I wrong? Oh, <laughs> should I miss the reference? Oh, uh, yeah. I, like that seems to be what that joke is. Uh, hospital uh, coma. Right. To- oh, hmm. oh, geez. That's pretty dark, <laughs> but it sounds right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Look, I know what the, it was. A car- he was with uh, Chloe Kardashian at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was That's a whole thing. Knew. It was a whole, or no, no. I think he had just he was splitting. They were on and off again, and then he, yeah, he was in the hospital with a coma. Which that is a that's a pretty crazy joke to make at a theme park. I feel like because it is associated with Kardashians, it's like guys, Kardashians is safe space. Like everybody fucking hates them. Just dish on them all day. Like I feel like anything Kardashian related is always like, haha, they're gonna fucking love that. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I yeah. In the in the previous version that ran in the early till two thousands to twenty fourteen. Uh, there is like rapid fire Paris Hilton jokes, but then in a version I watched, he makes a very quick reference to the mayor of Toronto, which I believe was oh, the yeah. reference to the uh, now deceased Rob Ford, yes. the former maniac mayor of Toronto. 
Wow. Yes. I mean, that, I, I will say, though, the, the Lamar, that joke seems crazier to me. I don't know what the time frame. Yeah. Maybe he was out of the coma at this point, but that is, uh, I can't imagine the genie making a joke about that during the Aladdin show. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, oh, you're taking a nap, are you, Lamar Odom? <laughs> like, get grittier. Um, th- that uh. that made that made me think of something to bring to the table, which is, yeah, there, there's Paris Hilton stuff. I I saw a really old one that is, uh, you know, we're gonna have some monsters here. Uh, you know, uh, call them the Jerry Springer Show rejects. Um, <laughs> so that kind of thing, and I that's a good slot, right? Is calling somebody a, a monster when I think there's there's one with Kim and Kanye. At some point in time, and I was like, if this thing was still going in 2020, is there a safe uh, celebrity to put in that slot that where everyone would laugh and where it's not problematic in some way? Uh, yes, any of the 20 executive branch members uh, who got COVID from mm-hmm. their own hubris. Well, that's uh, what we think, but... <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, but that doesn't play. Just <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going to play Florida, in Florida. They're not okay. going to do that. All right. I mean, that's I, would, I agree they're open to be mocked, but uh, um, yeah. I don't think they're even doing like a Trump hair joke. I think, I think, in, I think Theme Park World is so skittish that they would not even make <laughs> yeah. fun of his orange complexion. Well, I mean, in the version... Um, that I was in, he does make a Mary Kate and Ashley joke. Oh, because mm-hmm. he has the little shrunken head thingies, and there's like very bony and skinny, and I think that's the joke. And I think it's still kind of mean, but uh, also kind of like I think they've been out of the the spotlight enough. But it's not really 2020. I'm trying to think. I don't know if there well, is. Like, well, like I mean, if you're a question, I don't think relevant celebrity probably. But like up until you know, whenever the Aladdin show went away, which is a couple of years already, Genie up until the very end was making a Doctor Phil joke, and Snooki. so. And yes. no, yes. I feel like I feel time. like the yeah, I feel like that type of thing. Yeah, it's a couple of years past its prime. There has cons- been consistent. Doctor Phil's just on the air. You know who he is. He doesn't have any controversy, but you know he sounds like this, so you can say like it has to be that safe. <sighs> yeah, I feel like Carrot Top is like a good. But that's not, he's not really distinct. But I feel yeah. like character is not good. I don't not a bad It's got to be, yeah, I know what you mean. It's got to be kind of culturally, like everyone needs to know like, it. Like we all agree we yeah. hate the Pauls. Everyone hates Logan and Jake Paul, but that I don't think well, a theme park true. audience would necessarily know right. who they were. Right. It would uh, be, it would be like, I think also the reference probably, especially right now, would probably have to be like, Hey Taylor Swift, I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Yes, <laughs> and I would that's have to, funny. Like that yeah. would have to be the type of thing I think where it's just like that's just a reference. Sure, sure. it's not insulting Taylor Swift. Yeah, maybe nice slightly juice, the, the idea that Thank she you. is overexposed. Maybe like people are tired right. of Taylor Swift. Maybe that is a fair theme park joke to make. Maybe I'm still not super confident. Right, I think yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Uh, Goes to show right you. Now. Just what go is, way back what? and like do '80s references. Like I pity the fool. Like just just <laughs> stupid shit. That's <laughs> like I think you. I gotta watch it. I wanna get fired like Roseanne Barr. <laughs> I could see her. that flying. To be honest with you, I could right? see that being a thing. That actually sounds about right. It's a few years old. Everyone knew she got fired. You know, and nobody herself. cares anymore because our world's no on fire cares. in multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. Right. You gotta that, have a little that, distance. Yeah. You I yeah, you, you gotta character. have a little distance right now. I think mm. Um, mm. it does sound like we're like railing against this new theme park cancel culture. We want the jokes <laughs> back. Everybody, we want to be, be able to table. say whatever we. Beetlejuice should have freedom of speech. 
he should be allowed to eviscerate the pop culture celebrities. They would like sometimes try jokes out, and if we had um one of our um like ma- not managers, I guess, but like uh, directors watching, they'd be like, mm, maybe not that <laughs> one. Like, yeah. Uh, another cute thing to get us back into the show, like a little bit more. Uh, the two people that were like the head of our training were two of the original brides in the first show in Orlando and the original bride in Orlando and Frankenstein are still married to this day. Whoa. Wow. True love. Oh, they true met through love. that. And then, well, th- that here, that sets me up. The, 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 the collision of this show and pop culture. Um, I got to show you guys these photos because uh, there's, there's a big celebrity presence in the history of this show. Why, oh, uh, yeah! right there in the middle, we got Wayne Brady as Dracula, uh, who yeah. I imagine came up, uh, we're doing this out of order, but I'm sure came up in the Ghostbusters episode. And... Uh, and then the probably most famously, uh, one Joey Fatone, uh, who was a very <laughs> regular performer. I think, uh, I think spent some time as Wolfie, the Wolfman, but, uh, I logged some time as Dracula as well. I do have a story about Joey Fatone. Oh, great. Yes. Um, so the closing party that we had was like after the final performance, which was like after hours, kind of just for the cast and crew and some other people. And this again was like a week before I was about to leave. So it was just kind of like this final goodbye party. And, um, a lot of the original cast or people who had done the roles previously were were there and Joey Fatone and, um, uh, what's the other one that lives in Orlando? What are the, not, not Lance or JC, but, um, Chris Kirkpatrick. I think it was Chris Kirkpatrick. They were there, um, well, at least at the after party, but Joey Fatone was there. And I remember, um, yeah, he's just like, he lives in Orlando. Like, he he just lives in Orlando. Like, it's very chill. Uh, mm, I don't know if I can say it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, they're very normal, chill, like, Orlando vibes. So he was just, like, chill. And I remember talking to him, being like, hey, man, what's going on? And just being like, oh, I'm moving to L.A. next week. And he's like, oh, I just left L.A. And I was like, that's cool. And then we went to the after after party at like a bar. Yeah, and Chris Kirkpatrick shows up and we're all like doing shots and shit. And I'm like, I'm drinking with two people from NSYNC. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, so yeah, they were cool. And then um, Wayne Brady, um, he's kind of still like around in that way. Like he still talks to a lot of theme park people that he knows that um, are like mutual with the people I know. and um. I remember in the training group that I did, um, we didn't really have a lot of people of color in the show. So it was always very exciting when we did. And I remember um, in my training group, we did have a person of color playing Dracula and he posted about it. And Wayne Brady was like, hell yeah, keep it going, man. Like he was very supportive and like, am I going to get canceled for saying that? I was trying to make it nice. Oh, no. no, <laughs> no that's no. nice. Okay. It seems like Wayne Brady that's... was trying to be supportive. And yeah, yeah, still... yeah. Seemed like he yeah, was still invested in the invested in the the community. Keeping yeah, an eye on he's the really cool. Yeah. Now you might you you might get in trouble because Chris Kirkpatrick has been lying low for a couple decades now because he's still true. terrified Eminem will kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's now funny. that's no, that's a good re- Jason. That's a good safe reference. Now it's that 20, is a good it's safe twenty years reference. old. It's twenty years old. <laughs> Yeah, uh, unfortunately, much of culture is uh, now uh, both Stan uh, in the generic term and Stan the uh, maniacal fan who uh, make killing you. Mm. Yeah, why have we embraced this term? Why do people want to be like Stan? 
I don't understand this. It's a term I, of I, endearment now, I think, because like someone would be like, yeah. "Oh my god, you're like so cool." I totally stand. And it's like, are you tw- are you seventeen? <laughs> Probably. The, my thing yeah. with my thing with Stan is that like it feel like it came way late compared to the song. Oh, that's the whole thing. Is like it's a throwback, uh, kind of thing. Like like kids or not kids, but like teenagers discovering what that is. Maybe hmm. I think like maybe adults who actually knew the song started it, but then kids were like, "What does that mean?" They're like, "Oh, it's like a throwback." I'm cool now. Like I didn't know that song. Uh, Jane, do you think Jay? Like, do you know more youthful slang than Jason, or is he? Is he impressed oh, for you? Sure. Okay, yeah, okay. So. so Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, are you actually giving him the youthful slang he often uses and he's sort of passing it off as if he's young and hip? Oh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. I'm going to go ahead and say I have been the mastermind of this puppetry. Okay. Well, now, okay. The Palpatine to his Snoke. <laughs> in the tube. You know it sincerely, but honey, I made you a promise. I will, like I said many times, I'm never going to learn who Dua Lipa is. I just will not... <laughs> It's just never gonna happen. I'll be like, oh my god, did you see that? Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'll go off on stuff. And he's like, mm, yes, something I definitely know. Dua mm, yes. Lipa and Da Baby's new remix. Yeah. Me- Meanwhile, he writes down Da Baby and I'm he knows he's gonna put it. it in his pocket for the next episode to make for our sure. listeners think that he's <laughs> just on the cutting edge of culture. Why, just this morning, we were talking about Blackpink's new album called The Album and uh, how he wanted to buy one of the sweatshirts that's oversized and just says ice cream, which I I support. (laughs) Yes, there's a big hit single with Selena Gomez of Blackpink that says ice cream, called Ice Cream, and they sing about ice cream. So the kids still like ice cream? I guess we are cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, let me tell you about ice cream, kids. Definitely not a metaphor for something much dirtier, but yeah. No, it's oh, just I, about it's, the, it's the sweet treat. <laughs> um, they don't do that stuff oh. in Korea. Oh <laughs> they my got God. so they got so many minders on the K-pop stuff. Like they they filter all that. Good stuff with the out. cream, if you know what I mean. Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream is one of them. Uh, it just sounds like a uh, like you know ben ingredients G- list to me. Just a yeah. yeah, sounds like Ben Ben and Jerry's run. Oh, Take it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Take it at face yes. value. Um, this will really prove uh, how at the opposite end of this spectrum I am, and in fact, I in that I pine for pop culture that is from before I was alive, um, because I really lit up. Here, let me just share the screen and throw this on. I, I was the most excited that uh, this song appeared in an iteration of the show. This is from 1999. All right, let's party. That's a like. Can can even any everyone on this Zoom say what that song is? I can't no, say the I name. I know, know it, but I don't know the name of it. Not even. But this is this or, is a uh, crossover of sticks into theme park world. That is rockin' the paradise uh, uh, made into rockin' with Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. And what could be more rockin' than that? With the just that. <laughs> Rockin' with Beetlejuice. It reminded me so much of the Simpsons <laughs> halftime show where they do um, uh, uh, the Lou Reed uh, walk on the wild side. Oh, yeah, walk <laughs> on the wild side. Um, I, I mean, this... good news for me. I mean, Sticks. if you know, I don't know if there's a lot of crossover of our fans and Sticks fans, but Sticks is about as like 
Styx rocks about as hard as a band comprised of Frankenstein and Dracula. They, they mm-hmm. sort of are Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review, so this makes a lot of sense to me. I did, in high school, our halftime show at the football games was all Styx songs. <laughs> it was, <laughs> so, like, wait, I played, what? I played what a trumpet it? in that. Uh, we did Mr. Roboto. We did, oh, shoot, we did um, um, the big hits. Uh, uh, help me out Lady here. I haven't thought babe about Babe and Too Much Time on My Hands. Too Much Time on My Hands. Great. Uh, we did. Uh, you wouldn't have done heavy God. metal poisoning or any any other deep no, kill no, no. tricks. We did too much. We'd said "Come Sail Away," too much time on my hands. Uh, Mr. Roboto. What kind of band is this? A marching band. A marching band. <laughs> you did it. It was an <laughs> entire marching band stick set. Yes, we had a new band leader come in my senior year, and he threw everything up in the air. As far as like before that, it was all John Philip Sousa. And then he was like this, like slightly younger in his early fifties man who just <laughs> decided to switch the whole thing up. And it was like we're playing sticks at halftime. And then when we went to Disney World that year, we played Paul Simon's late in the evening as we walked down Main Street, not John Philip Sousa or some sort of march. Whoa. Switching out of John Philip Sousa is like the you know updating it to a DeBaby reference today. Yes, exactly uh, equivalent. Wow. And we were all I'd I have never really gotten into sticks. I'm sure now maybe if I started to do a deep dive, I'll appreciate it more. But at the time we were all just so confused. It's just like, the, why the are we doing is, this? It, it's the there's no question it's the best behind the music to me. Learning about <laughs> the tour where they acted and made a short film and played robots. I I mean the best. The best there. I would like I will just find will, that behind the music. It's I will do that. Glorious. Um, um, classic rock uh, strewn throughout it too, because uh, then Dracula performs a medley of just a regular cover of Hot Blooded, but dovetailed with a, uh, uh, um, I guess, a parody, "Addicted to Blood." Might as well face him, <laughs> addicted to blood. <laughs> well, that's yeah, a blast. and sometimes there's parodies, and sometimes there's not. Yeah, even within that, that's like a yeah. parody followed by not a parody, back to back. Right, so so it's interesting, because Beale just comes out at the start of the show, and he's being very, very, very bawdy, but then they go into a very clean parody of Prince's Let's Go Crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it is a parody. I wrote down a, I wrote they down a line. They don't make it, not- let's go shitting. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's go shitting. Let's go get some corn. <laughs> let's drop corn. I see. I see. Oh, I was gonna. No, I was gonna be. Bald. I was gonna make a body joke. Looking for the purple okay. banana, and I'll put it in my butt. <laughs> and that's the full body parody. <laughs> let's go. Crazy. Yeah. The, the would... original one has the most like hooray for everything kind of like variety show vibes, but mm. I was surprised how much like current-ish music for the time uh, was in it for the, yeah. the early 90s. The, the Let's Go Crazy... I was thinking Let's Go Crazy, though, was going to be a holdover from there because it felt like such a clean... It was, the line is like, night is young, gotta take a bite, so hot I feel a jolt, gotta party tonight. Which feels very like hooray for everything, clean version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's so hot, I feel a jolt. Gonna party tonight. <laughs> Do you know all the words from the parody, Jane? Could, I believe so. I can also do Cleo's rap, but I won't because uh, we l- we well. I can. If, if you you request could, it. 
<laughs> well, you, your big song was uh, Sweet Dreams. Yes. Uh, Sweet Dreams are made of this, which later in the show, you know, mashups very popular in the 2010s was the mashed show, up yeah. with uh, Smooth Criminal, which I think it's really cool. They got an Alien Ant Farm song in there, uh, you know. <laughs> And mm-hmm. then there was also <laughs> Ballroom Blitz. Magic so many to choose crazy. from. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they would have gone with the movies, the Alien Ant Farm song about movies. Mm, but they not, went with uh, Smooth Criminal. <laughs> not as big of a hit, movies. No, not as big of a hit. I kind of like movies, though. I'll be honest. I do, too. <laughs> I don't think I know movies by Alien Scott, Ant Scott, you don't know the Alien Ant Farm song You don't know movies? movies? They get dressed up like Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a Ooh. video where they're dressed up. Yeesh. Hmm. I don't know it. Um, I, I'm not going to go too hard because I haven't heard it in a couple of years, and it's probably not as good as my memory says it is. Might not yeah. hold up, maybe. Might not hold up. Um, can I go back to 2006 if we're going to talk about rap? Yes, yes. I think from what I found, yeah. my favorite rap performance in any of the... They really they rung in 2006 the right way uh, with this little number. What is the? Is what? it a parody? Mm-hmm. Is it a parody, or is it just the I song? Think just, I think it's just the what? The original lyrics, of course. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> really, well, we the one the we know is a parody <laughs> in a way. It's a clean uh, what parody. What song? I couldn't. It was a little too. Let's uh, get it started. Oh yeah, I Let's that get yeah because like in here. we watched this version together, and I was like, oh no, the audio messed up. They're playing the album cut. Oh no, <laughs> they put the wrong CD in. They're live singing, Jason, they're, and they're live singing. They seem excited. Oh no, <laughs> I think uh, the Black Eyed Peas are like the sticks of rap. I think that that's about like oh. they are as legitimate to rap as sticks was to rock. Will I Am looks like he drives Beetlejuice's car. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> He's got that big purple car. <laughs> yeah, that is like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that car. Wow. Look up the car if you don't know the car. Oh, that reminds me of another question I have. Do we think that in 2013 that Beetlejuice made a topical joke that was like, Hey, anybody see the VMAs? Robin Thicke's been stealing my wardrobe. <laughs> for sure for oh, sure has, they made that joke has to I feel like they almost made that joke when I freaking did it that might like, have still been relevant that, w- that brought Beetlejuice back oh into yeah just cause it's so specific like and people remember it oh for sure they made that wow, joke wow that's nice to hear that I could have written for it had to have it's nice it. to know I could have cut it as a writer for the, the mashup We've been begging to be writers on one of these things, and no one has taken us up on it. No theme park has contacted us and said, write a show like this for us. We're ready to do it. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, I'm shell shocked. There were, I know for a fact there was some powerhouse talent involved in Jane's version and the mashup version, because one of the companies involved in making it, why they knew something about rock and roll, all right? They're called Renaissance Entertainment. And their co-owner and CEO is a man named John Binkowski, the yes. former head of Hard Rock oh, Park, baby. Cool. Whoa. The rockinest oh, yeah. company in all of theme park entertainment. All, all, roads, all rock and roads lead to one man. 
lead the one man, the man himself. Binkowski, Bink. come on, hook us up, Binkowski. We gotta talk to this guy. We really gotta talk to this guy. We gotta talk to this guy. Wow. Um, it's I, I, it's funny with turning it into Fast and Furious that like, you know, I mean, that's like a little. Um, I think that is Universal's attempt at being current pop culture relevant, whether or not it's successful. But it's like they took this spot. It's like this area in the park is meant to be the the spot for the kids. And by that, I mean the spot where they, you know, show what kids were talking about seven years prior. Um, so, but at least, it, you know, that is maintained kind of by turning it into to Fast and Furious. Right, that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, it sounds like it's just, again, I haven't been on the Orlando one either. It sounds like it's not quite the same. Five minutes into watching these Beetlejuice things, I'm like, oh, this is more fun than <laughs> Supercharged. I mean, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, it's missing, and I feel like that park is missing a certain energy of this kind of, like, universal, like, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's very loud. It's very pop culture-y. It's just a little body. Like, they've kind of stripped a lot of, of that out. Not even before COVID times, I mean. Yeah. I, if the one in the early 90s, I felt like it had such an 80s aesthetic to it. Um, that I guess, I guess I'm now I'm viewing it through the lens of like, oh, that's, that's cool the way they were making it look back then. But it's just because that's what, like that was actually current. I'm thinking it was nostalgic back then, but it's like uh it feels like something like fun and very themed. It just feels more specific, I guess, is what I'm saying than like a screen ride. Like it feels more unique and original even though it's it's you know a framework of a theme park show, but it feels like oh, this would be a fun little thing that's different than everything else. Yeah. What and, did- and as I as I say that, of course, they they were playing Great Balls of Fire in 1992. <laughs> A thirty-year-old plus-year-old Jerry Lee Lewis rock and song. roll all night and party every day. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this for comedy: there is uh, uh, the one of the jokes that I really appreciate it was there. There was a moment in one of the versions where Frankenstein they shoot off a bunch of pyro and Frankenstein freaks out at the fire. That's that, a solid joke. That's a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of pra- played um, Frankenstein as a little like dumb but lovable was kind of his thing at least in our version was like and in our version too it was supposed to be like in the previous versions it was like he and the bride kind of had this like on again off again or like whatever but in our version it's like they're settled down they're a couple it's very cute like that was supposed to be their like arc i guess if there is one but like um so that was kind of cute they made him just like dumb lovable and like established that they were together and be the reason that worked is because they made Dracula like Fantasia's like love interest or vice versa, you know, because in the previous shows, Dracula would kind of be like, I wish that I had Frankie's girl, you know, like all that oh. stuff. So then <laughs> I can't believe I That's just said that. That's a solid joke too. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah. So like in our version, uh, right before Fantasia's entrance, Beetlejuice is like, oh, you know, still haven't found anybody, track, And he goes, I've tried in vain, but I couldn't find my type. And he, like, gets the bride. And then um, the bride's like, it's time for some new blood. And so then I come out, and then it's supposed to be, like, Dracula's like, oh, who's she? And then he gets distracted by her. And then Cleo and Wolfman are kind of a couple. So it was kind of like couples. This whole mm-hmm. thing is about That's trying right. to get monsters to hook up. 
Hell yeah. This is, this is a big rock and roll monster key party. Keys in the bowl gang. <laughs> keys, your giant, your giant castle, foot-long castle keys. <laughs> Igor's this, keys. Oh, the keys in the, yeah. the, the drag mm-hmm. keys to the Dragula. <laughs> <laughs> do you know do you know any other uh, any info was, about fantasia's uh, backstory or like what i guess i guess the question i have is what happened to her dad um <laughs> i don't know um i mean i don't really know i think it was kind of up for interpretation but like there there are some cute moments where like if you're paying attention enough there's little nods to him um like when they do the girls just want to have fun bit um for like the girl characters Fantasia specifically sings the "Oh, Daddy Dear, You Know You're Still Number One," and the choreography was like you, as much as many times as you can draw attention to your mask, because that's your kind of go-to thing for your character. Um, so like Cleo's was like your go-to thing is mummy hands and like Egyptian hands, and then Fantasia's go-to is like the rock hand and like the put your hand over your mask thing. So it was, oh, daddy dear, you know you're, and then you would do the little masking still number one. So like, there's a little nods if you're paying attention, but you know, most people kind of miss Is that, the number one, I don't know. I, I read I it think... as pointing to the sky, like maybe he died. I kind of take it that way too, <laughs> but. Uh... Uh, I have a different reading of it. I think he's up in the rafters enjoying his daughter performing. Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Much more wholesome. Right. He's that's what he lo- he loves being in the rafters for God's sake. That's his whole thing. <laughs> in the rafters in the basement. Right. He loves you to know. lurk about. So like he's not going to be in the audience with the tourists. He's going to be up, you know, watching Gives from the her sky. notes after every show. You were flat yeah. here and you were sharp yeah. here. Take that contouring he down. He's kind of a tire. <laughs> oh no, it's a gypsy. <laughs> It's a gypsy, a gypsy Rose Lee. She's like Dracula, save me! <laughs> Take me yeah. away! I have to. I lie and say Daddy's number one. It's not true. <laughs> oh, Daddy, dear, you know you're still number one. Uh, Jane, do you have any like? Do you remember any just like like times like the show went a little awry? Funny stories with like other cast or like anything stick um, out like that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even in watching the the same video I keep referring to, there's some stuff where I was like, that was definitely something we all tried to like make happen that wasn't really allowed, but we were closing. Like, if you notice in Ballroom Blitz, I crawl under Frankenstein's legs, which was just us fucking around being like, dude, I'm going to crawl under your legs when you cross from here to here. Be like, okay, man. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> or in that show, too, we were like, guys, let's add all the riffs that we can. And so you'll notice that some stuff, there's like added riffs. I mean, we know because we've heard the show a million times and we'll be like I tried to add a riff here and you'll see people kind of laugh and be like nice and then also in that show for some reason one of the dancers um, uh, one of the male dancers in that show we, me and him had this like inside joke about like who could get the last like two claps in before we had to move to the next thing so whenever uh, we were like dancing together in like what I like about you you can see us like both doing this because it was something that no one would really catch. But I think we were all just trying to have a good time because we were all really sad that it was closing and people were moving. And so it's just like stupid shit like that. We had really fun backstage um, like happenings, like just, you know, just funny shit. We Because there were a lot of like costumes from the old shows. There'd be random wigs and shit everywhere too. Um, so people would get have fun with that and we'd all trade wigs. Like I would... Cause we had like wig caps and on and stuff and we would take a lot of stuff off because it was so hot. So one time I'd be like, Oh my God, can I try on your wig? I want to see what I'd look like at this. Or like, Oh my God, what if we did it like this? Like we would just have fun. Like we, it was just such a silly, 
silly fun time and like it really is like a family like we all still talk and we're all in like like a uh, Facebook group of like monster family and like if someone's <laughs> out here <laughs> That's which sounds funny, I guess. No, it is nice. And so, like, if someone's out here, I'll be like, oh, my God, I live here now. Like, do you want to hang out? Like, there's a guy who did sound for us who also does or did, I guess, tour stuff. So he did the Green Day tour and he was doing something else. And anytime he was out here rehearsing in Burbank, I'd be like, hey, man, let's hang out. And like we would hang out. And so it's just like not even a question. So it is like this really like runs in the blood, especially with like the original brides really being a big part of each iteration. Um, It it was kind of like a nice family to get, you know, kind of invited into and another funny thing backstage too which i have a picture of and i'm sure jason can send you guys we had like a full-size beetlejuice man like figure statue statue but like it 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 was not it it had like real clothes on it wasn't like hard it was like an actual like figure but it was man-sized and it would scare the crap out of me all the time but we had one and we would always dress him up funny and like for Mardi Gras, put beads on him, and at Christmas we made it look like he was decorating the tree. So like that's pretty funny. And like um, the chair that was on the turntable before the red chair, our stage manager had that as her chair in her office. So um, if you'd go into the office, she was like sitting in the chair. Like it was just everyone loved it, and like it was just a fun time. And I think that's really why it's so sad it's gone. Because my first thought was like they're gonna destroy that break room where we had all that fun. Like that was really what my first thought was like, wow, that sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we had so much fun occupying time between shows and just like, you know, being stupid. And we all we did like a lot of us did our own makeup. I mean, Frankenstein, Beetlejuice and Wolfman had like airbrushing and stuff. But the girls did a lot of their own makeup. So we would just be like at the makeup mirrors, just like having fun and like some days sucked. But so does every job. But like, that's what I take away from it for sure. It's just like it was so fun. Like sometimes it didn't sound good sometimes it didn't look good and i'll be the first to tell you that it's hard as hell to do all that cardio and belt and not be flat I'm flat as hell all the time in that show but did i have fun yes like was it like living <laughs> my best life yes like now the graveyard yeah, review was the show. peak of not the peak but a, like a a <laughs> just a glory day glory days in your life having monster slumber parties uh, felt like a, a rock star. I mean, I had like the Britney Spears mic. We always called them the Britney Spears mic. These old ass, like big black, like mics. And yeah, it was just a good time. We fucked around all the time on stage. Like we just, yeah, it was fun. It sounds great. I look, I, in hindsight, wish I went right to Orlando at 18, did a bunch of shows, partied at Pleasure Island every night. And that, like, I that would have seems like very fun, and it's it's nice hearing that it seems like it, it was fun for the most part. Yeah, it it really was fun. Uh, sorry, <laughs> do you I hear that dinging noise? No, 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 Jason, do you hear that dinging noise? It just stopped. Oh. Okay, oh. we can maybe cut. Uh, that. No, I, I think it's like, fine. It the sounded cookies. like an alarm, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is that?" The cookies, the cookies, Jason's are, done. cookies are done. <laughs> no, Jason has I a will ni- say, yeah, ninety minute oven cookie recipe. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't mean for that to come off like that. I was very distracted. No, it really was. Oh, no, I... um, we, you know, after shows, we'd be like, do you guys want to go to Food and Wine tonight? And be like, hell yeah, we'll meet you there. Or like, oh, I was working over at this job today. I just did my shows there. But you want to like, you know, it really was this cool like experience to... I'm very lucky to have had like just living in Orlando as an adult working in that industry. Like, I'm very glad that I'm where I am now and I'm 
no longer there but at the same time they're very fond memories and very learned a lot and like who gets to just be like do you guys want to go to food and wine tonight for fun it's like yeah okay like that was like date night that was like going out night like I don't know that's like one of my favorite memories like I would go after Beetlejuice and I'd still have some of the crazy makeup on and we would just go drink around the world like oh so should fun. Mike did Mike mess hey, up this should is... Mike have uh done, done the alternate yes path? I did <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> messed up. I, I'm i not saying I would have moved out here. I'm just saying, though, instead of going to community college and stayed in my hometown, I should have gone to Orlando and had fun. I totally messed up. Mike, whenever whenever you talk like that, I always say the same thing. You got to get back in improv classes. You got to get, <laughs> get some refreshers Jason, going. shut the fuck get up, the- Jason. <laughs> so upset when you make those jokes. We wasted our whole lives doing improv. I don't need to go back. <laughs> What'd you spend years doing classes so on? You should have come into my graveyard review instead. You you should have been in a real I show, playing, brother. Should have been playing Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's what I should you have honestly, been doing. Honestly, your height would work to your advantage for a lot of stuff. Like oh, you yeah. would book stuff, especially horror nights. I don't know if that would interest you at all, but your height, you would get mm. booked immediately for shit. Like you would be Frankenstein everywhere <laughs> like as, as long as i can play the goblin beetlejuice character in any of these like just do that voice for any of these mm-hmm, characters i'm mm-hmm. absolutely in i'm Love very it. game you for are that. gonna have to do jokes uh, that yeah. are related to fecal matter that, <laughs> look if i will i will go to church i will pray on it go to whole go to the holy land experience light a candle Get, i used then, to live right yeah. by the holy experience oh boy did wow. you hear the baptisms I would in have your to yard? turn down that street. <laughs> no, but I would have to turn down that street and pass all of the big like animals just to get to my apartment. Oh, wow. Hmm. I love like, uh, you know, I mean, Universal Orlando is like you go a couple blocks and you hit a public supermarket. But my, I feel like you told me it's like, yeah, you know what's next to Holy Land experience? A Target. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this. It's right by uh, Mall of Millennia. You cross over I-4 and like. It's Holy Land and then Target, Krispy Kreme, Panda Express, like the whole mall. So just so <laughs> like, it was just off like, I-4. You know, like go get some diapers in the morning, then get uh, blessed into a bathing pool by Jesus himself, then go pick up some orange chicken. Just get it all done mm-hmm. in the same little spirit. Catch a cru- <laughs> catch a crucifixion on the hour every hour. Like just hit it Quick up. Crucifixion. Like- Quick crucifixion. Quick crucifixion. Um, cl- yeah. Closing thoughts about this show. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm I'm now like I wish it was still there. I wish it was still there in Florida. I or, or in Hollywood rather. It's you know one thing that's strange about it is that it went away and then they moved the special effects stage show, which we talked about with Carl Tart, up to uh, like that happens in this castle theater. And clearly, the Castle Theater is a place where Beetlejuice should be performing, not where you should be learning wow, a chroma yes. key works. Uh, it's right there. It's waiting for him. Uh, I think it's a bummer there aren't monsters dancing around and rocking in there. Mm-hmm. Well, even more insulting in Hollywood, what replaced it was Spider-Man Rocks. Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, could be, I could be in that show, though. You could. Would you have saved it? Would it still be going with your... I think yes. That's basically what I was trying to say is that I would have saved. Yeah, him. still I would be have been. Day. I, I would have. I re- can fix him. I can fix him. <laughs> yeah, I would have played multiple characters in the show once. I think I would have done a lot of costume changes. Um, 
Uh, let me make one more one more, one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this is sort of ta- this is related, but the song "What I Like About You" by the Romantics. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I have like I don't ever want to hear it again because it's in <laughs> it's it's in too many commercials Honestly, and like same. it's just too right. It, like That's doesn't it. exist as be, a right? song anymore. Yeah. It's been ruined. Right. But like, I feel like there's some songs where I think it was overused in commercials. Then a couple years later, I'm listening to it and I go, man, this is a really good song. I just, just maybe got too tired of hearing it. But the romantics, what I like about you, I can't get rid of it. You don't? I kind of agree with you. It also kind of brings some uh, PTSD because that was the most like cardio song that I had to do right before the mashup of Smooth Criminal and uh, uh, Sweet Dreams. So I'm like, oh God, here comes that song. So oh, I just yeah. have like... There's uh, so but, much dancing in your version. There was like I 10 know. people on stage. When we watched the previous version, we're like, there's six people on this massive stage. It feels empty. So yeah. like they fixed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I like about you also used in a lot of like promotion for like sitcom commercials. It's like the two guys, a girl and pizza places back. What I like about you. Yeah. Well, you know? And is it in this yeah. the Amanda Bynes, Jenny Garth show? What I like about you. Right. Yes. Oh it yeah. Was the theme yeah of they it, named the show after it as well. <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that song can be done for now. It died yeah. with the I think show. We've heard it. It died with plenty. the show. Yeah, yeah. Beetlejuice was yeah. the ultimate iteration of it. And what, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, right. it was um, fun. Cause then it went into. Didn't it go into something? It went from. Oh no, I guess not. That one was maybe the only one that wasn't a mashup. Hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> one got <laughs> a lot funny. of time. That one got a lot of time. It like did. I was like, well, this is the most they've played a song. They've done a song. It was what I like about you. I think it's because they really wanted to highlight that there's three couples, but there's so much going on. It's still kind of hard to figure that out. But it is like, that's when they're like, oh, look, that person's with that person. And like, it it rolls into you really got me going. Oh, you really yeah. Got you really me. got me. Yeah. You really Which, got me. That one's mm-hmm. less played out. I, so we're saying um, less what I like about you, but how about far more what does the fox say? I, yes. It was perfect. You know, watch. I wanted more of that. I wanted more Gangnam Style. I I started thinking about like some 2010 stuff of like, oh, I never, I realized I never finished watching, like I never watched the last season of Girls. But what? This Beetlejuice reminded you of that? Yeah, what? (laughs) Well, I was thinking about like how much. He looks just like Lena Denham. I know. How much um, 2010 stuff, like I'm like, I never need to revisit this. But watching this, I was like, I like seeing Watch Me Whip and Nene. It's fun to hear what does the fox say. Well, yeah, spoiler. I guess I'm holding on to novelty songs. The last episode of Girls is they all dance to Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nene. It's like almost exactly (laughs) like. that'd be uh, great. Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review. Yeah. Do you do you think if the show was happening today, like oh, w- yeah. Wolf Wolfman would be riding on the back of a vehicle as Dreams by Fleetwood Mac played, and he was drinking Ocean Spray? Because <laughs> I think that's a slam dunk. I think that's yeah. It is there some configuration of Seven to do like a BTS song? Mm, they would never get the rights for that. I feel like you don't mm. think so. No. Well, I mean, in Dream World, I guess mm. you could. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jeannie, Jeannie would definitely, if the show was happening in California Adventure, Jeannie would definitely bring a bottle of juice on stage. Well, yeah. so is dreams. the only, is the answer maybe is that if, the, if, if theme parks are not going to be able to have these shows, like all of these characters maybe need to keep living on on TikTok. 
like the, all these exactly beetle right. all these beetle jai as you said multiple beetle juices <laughs> strewn about the world. I always called them that. Like need to get a TikTok account going and start uh you know start firing those parodies out ASAP. I'll put put uh, put the word out on that Facebook group. I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll I'll get them. I'll round them up and uh, we'll, we'll make something happen. <laughs> Okay, we're getting reports that uh, Beetlejuice has stopped skateboarding and started complaining about ballot harvesting. Shut it down, <laughs> folks. Shut it down. Nothing can be fun. It's 2020. Nothing's fun Nothing ever. Nothing can be TikTok. Uh, this oh, was no. fun, though. This was a blast to talk about this. And Jane Claire, you survived. Hauntcast the Fright. Thanks for joining us. So fun thank to talk you. to you about all this stuff. It was so nice to be yeah, here. Yeah, what, what? yeah. Thank yeah. you so um, much. So much fun. Let's exit through the gift shop. Is there anything you would like to plug? Oh, sure. Um, I just released a single a few weeks ago and a music video. Um, so you can stream that anywhere, any platform, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. It's on YouTube. Um, on socials, I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter, underscore Jane Claire underscore, because the person who has at Jane Claire has been inactive for years and I can't do anything about it. So I got to add that underscore. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, can they find Jane with a Y? Jane with a Y. Oh yes, J A Y N E. And they can find the song under your ne- real name on like Spotify. Yeah, so just search. Um, the song is called "So Glad You're Mine." <laughs> I bet you have no idea who I wrote that about. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but actually, something cute. Uh, Jason helped me film that, so I filmed a lot of the B-roll, but the stuff that I couldn't film, Jason filmed for me. So that's a cute little thing. Guys, that is cute, a cute little du- thing. Duet collab. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, everyone check that out. Well, and our the, um, as always, the three of our uh, romantic collaboration that we call podcast the ride is uh, available every <laughs> Friday. Uh, you can find out uh, more on social media. We get our tea public, and there's three bonus episodes every month. This month, uh, behind the cemetery gate at uh, Patreon.com/slash Podcast the Ride. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So just to sum up, uh, hmm. I already said the thing about what I like about well, you. Well, then so. I, I think we have to, so, like, uh, 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 I think we end with, like, we have to do the, the clap. So, like, uh, uh, all right. Well, and we hope you <laughs> liked that episode of Podcast the Ride. Cock, cock, cock. Are there three? Did I do it right? Clap, cock. No, wait, there's four. Uh, um, <laughs> and that's, that's what we like about that's Beetlejuice's Graveyard Review. Cock, 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 cock. There. Very <laughs> perfect. Well, we got to say Beetlejuice three times to close it out. Oh. You know, that's how you got to end the show, because that's how we ended the show. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on real quick. I don't want to go in overtime here, but if all three of us say his name at the same time, since we're in separate places, would he all appear? He would get confused, right? What would happen? Yeah. How do do they deal with Zoom? He shows up in a new Zoom window because he also is worried about catching the coronavirus. So he would pop in (laughs) broadcasting from the underworld. <laughs> I'm on. Re- I'm remotely zoning in. Oh, works. There he is. I'm He's here already. <laughs> I'm back. I just took a huge shit. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Let's Beetlejuice. get out of here. All right. <laughs> so so long. Forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced dog. by Mike Carlson. Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com. 
and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.